You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. What can I help you with? So um, I'm currently looking into transitioning into the medical field, um, and, but I'm still trying to assess whether it's something that I, I do want to do. Okay. So one of the steps that I have taken is uh, enroll in a scribing position. Mm-hmm. I'm currently working through, um, I just completed my online training. The only thing that I have left is the in-person training. And so that would be a huge determining factor in, in obviously if I would enjoy the um, the role as a, um, as a doctor, but mm-hmm. Uh, if if this is something that I want to pursue, I want to make sure that I pursue it in the most uh, appropriate way possible. Making sure that I, I know that you mentioned that you shouldn't be taking out checking off uh, check boxes, right? But um, yeah. I, I do want to make sure that uh, I have a very solid application. And it, it, you know, uh, from what you've said, that it's getting even harder and harder to apply to a lot of these schools. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I just want to make sure that I I, I I look like a good candidate. So, yeah. Awesome. So, uh, first things first, mm-hmm. get a scribe position, right? Uh, obviously, putting mm-hmm. yourself in and around the doctor world is a, a great thing to do. The one downfall that scribing has, scribing is great clinical experience. Mm-hmm. The one downfall that it has is that it limits your ability to interact with patients. And so, if you can find maybe a volunteer hospice position or something else mm-hmm. where you can actually be with patients and not just in the room and listening to doctors and typing all of the notes and doing all of that stuff. And you can actually just be with patients. I would mm-hmm. highly recommend that as well, because at, at its core, that's what medicine is. It's being with patients. So right. if you enjoy that aspect, then that's a good thing, right? Just being with mm-hmm. patients. Obviously, yes, you have to love what the doctor does and love that interaction and love that environment and all of that fun stuff as well. So it's great. Great job uh, listening, heeding my my advice, and, and actually going and getting some clinical experiences to help you with that exploration. Yeah. And uh, the one thing that I, I do want to know is I, I don't come, I come from an engineering background. Yep. And my grades in school were never 4.0s. Uh, you know, I, I made... I made I made decent grades. I think in undergrad I had a three four nine, and yeah. I recently got my master's and uh, I had a three five master's. So there, you know, there's not much marginal improvement, which I know what the, is what they look for typically whenever you're, um, whenever they're looking at your undergrad versus your graduate degree. Um, and so if I were to enroll in medical school, I know that I don't necessarily need to go back to and get another degree, but I do need the prereqs taken at a accredited college. And from what I understand, it's better to take them at a four-year university than it is a two-year university. Um, And so, yeah, so that's the, the, I'm looking into taking those classes and then making sure that I make, you know, A's from here on out, and then also making sure that I at least score uh, decently on the MCAT. But uh, the dream school that I've looked into, Their GPA requirements are yeah three. I think th- they're so, medium. So, so stop, sorry. stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, so you caught yourself, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. yes. Requi- there's, no there's, there's no requirements. Good, good yes. job catching yourself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So their their uh, their median GPA is around three eight. 
Yep. And their uh, their average MCAT score is around 517. And this is this is coming from I guess their website. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead okay. and, and and talk about the university. It's UT Southwest UT Southwestern. Okay. And so um yeah, and so that's the those are the two requirements that I I think I can possibly with a lot of studying obviously get into the MCAT but I, there's no mathematical way that I can reach um that, <laughs> well there is but, in about like 15 years of classes <laughs> yeah if, if I were to go back and retake absolutely everything um yeah. but I you know is that something that would be worth it because I, I you know when I started I think I made a C in in chem one I obviously if I retake it now, I don't think it would be very difficult to make an A in Chem 1. Yeah. But um, is that something that I should look in, into doing and then retaking, I guess, science classes that I didn't score well in um, and then just continuing on with the uh, required classes for the MCAT? Yeah, or so for the school. For sorry. the for the school, definitely. So <laughs> I love how you're catching all of your your. Uh... <laughs> Mistakes. Slip ups, slip ups here with your language because it's it's important, uh, and I'm mm -hmm. very much I'm like no, like people say, oh, the average MCAT, no, the median that the MSR shows, average mm -hmm. and median are very different or can different. be very different. The average mm -hmm. may be exactly the same. We don't know that. Um, but anyway, so in, in terms of classes, when we look at um, a C from from Chem One, right, that from however mm -hmm. many years ago. Uh, there's no like hard requirement that you have to take that again, right? There, mm -hmm. C minus is typically the cutoff. Of, if you got a C minus, that typically is not passing for medical schools. So mm -hmm. uh, anything where you got a C minus in a prereq, yes, retake it. Outside of that, the question always is, what is your foundational knowledge to be able to take that next class in the sequence? So Jen... Mm -hmm. Gen Chem 1 would be Gem Chem 2. If you think right. you're okay for Gen Chem 2 and you can get an A in it, then great. Why repeat Gen Chem 1? Mm. With the one exception of this silly test called the MCAT that is still out there. <laughs> and will it be of benefit for you to just kind of start fresh and go, mm -hmm. okay, I'm basically uh, a career-changing non-trad and I'm going <laughs> to yeah. take all of my sequence over again, all of my prereqs. So starting at mm -hmm. Gen Chem 1, Bio 1, and just mm -hmm. go through that. Build the foundation, get the science credits trend up, and mm -hmm. build the foundation for the MCAT. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's where, that's where you would start. And I know that you can label some classes, like on your application, you can label some classes towards your science classes. And typically with my engineering classes, I, I got a degree in biomedical engineering. Mm. I don't know if that helps anyone, but I, I, from what I understand, it doesn't matter what degree you have. It's about the classes that you it's take the, within that degree. It's the individual classes. And so I, I highly mm -hmm. recommend just Googling AMCAS course classification guide, a Comus course classification guide, TMDSAS course classification guide um, and and see specifically where your classes may wind up. And I, I, I stress mm -hmm. may because at the end of the day, you can label something as a science credit class, mm -hmm. even if AMCAS is like, yeah, no, like those classes aren't science classes. And you can label it science and you can have the AMC go, check in it, into it and they'll go and they'll look at the syllabus. They'll talk to the school and figure out what's being taught in that class. And they'll go, oh yeah, that's a science class. 
We agree. Okay. So it, it really just matters what's the class, what's in the syllabus, what was taught. Because you mm-hmm. can't just look at bio-classified courses. Because mm-hmm. th- there may be a writing for biologists class, which is an English mm-hmm. class, right? It's a writing mm-hmm. class, but it's listed as a bio one, two, three. Mm-hmm. So you, you actually, like for everyone, not you, just you specifically, you have to mm-hmm. use your noggin and think critically and go, well, what was this class? I know that in general, and, and kinesiology is always the biggest one for me that, that pisses me off, that, that AMCAS labels kinesiology as not science. Interesting. And I'm like, but like, it's ex- everything that you're, it's physiology, yeah. it's exercise physiology. What, what are you talking about? It's not science. <laughs> and so that's the one where I really stress to students. You can't look at that classification of, oh, kinesiology isn't science. You have to go course by course by course by course and go, this is physiology of muscle fibers. Of course, that's a science class. Right. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah, takes, takes so some research. It's a matter of how it relates to medicine as opposed to. Yeah. And not even medicine, right? Because math is oh, considered okay. science. So it's, okay, it's literally enough. like, is it a chemistry type class? It is a, is it a biology type class? Is it a math so if type I took, class? So if I took a class that say interfaced with like high level math, like, so for instance, like differential equations, and then Correct. I was solving differential equations and I was applying them to like specific real world concepts. Essentially that it's, uh, you have these problems listed in front of you. Like for instance, patient is, you know, receiving this much, um, you know, this much medicine per hour, what's the concentration of that medicine in their blood that would, you know, that involves a lots of, you know, uh, a, a lots of, uh, I guess, start not startup, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, initial, there's a lot of initial variables that, um, that you need to know about the patient, about the drug. And then um, there's a lot of, you know, math that's also involved with determining that concentration because it, it yeah. varies with time and it varies with, the position it is in the body so yeah so yeah so that would be something that would you know you would think might be labeled as as a, a science course right yeah potentially okay fair enough awesome and then um i guess the next thing that i would need to the next thing that i would need to know is is this you know upward trend from you know, leaving engineering, working in the real world, because I've had, you know, about two, two years experience. Is this upward trend alongside with me working, you know, two positions, working as an engineer full time, working as a, um, a scribe part time, going to these classes and studying for NCAT? Is that something that they consider in the applications? Or is that something that I would have to like, you know, spell out? Because um, it is it is a lot of work and Cons- you know, consider in what way? What do you mean by that? Considered as in, like, the student is able to handle all of these individual mm. things. I might not have a lot of extra extracurricular activities because I, I physically do not have enough time yeah. for that. Uh, you know, between juggling you know, multiple jobs and juggling and juggling studying in classes. Yep. So, um, is that something that they would yeah. you know consider? Yep. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, because that's uh, <laughs> uh, I, I do see that you know there's a lot of people that have um, tons and tons of uh, clinical hours, and uh, you know I yeah I can... the, the amount of clinical hours isn't important. The fact oh, that it you get them, okay, and you're consistent with them, and they've 
rather you've uh, reflected on them enough so that you mm-hmm. can write about why they're important to you. There are plenty mm-hmm. of students out there with like 4,000 hours of clinical experience who just do it because they show up and they get the hours in and they think that's the important yeah. part of it. And they don't think about it. They don't They don't care about it. Like those students aren't going to do well when it comes to writing about mm-hmm. it, talking about it, et cetera. So it's, it's not about total hours. It's about mm-hmm. have you been doing it consistently, mm-hmm. currently? I, I got an application in the other day just from, from – I, I get lots of applications. Students are like, hey, Dr. Gray, look at my application. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, and don't send me any more unless unless I specifically ask you. Don't send them. Um, <laughs> uh, and the ones that I can look at and, and actually provide any sort of information on the uh, this this one that came in the other day. This stu- I was talking to the student. She's like, "Well, I'm concerned about my essay." So I'm like, "Well, let me see your application." This is her sec- second application cycle. She's only gotten two interviews at the same school, both application cycles, hasn't gotten in. She thinks it's her essays that's holding her back. And so mm-hmm. I got her application. And the first thing that I go to outside of like, are your stats horrendous? Um, mm-hmm. and, and hers weren't. And she's in an SMP and, and crushing it now. Uh, the, the next thing that I go to is let me see your clinical experience. And her clinical experience, her most recent clinical experience, as we're recording this in March of 2022, was 2019. Oh, wow. And and I, I don't care if you have 5,000 hours of clinical experience. If you stopped in 2019, that tells me that you don't like it enough to continue being around mm-hmm. patients and doctors and, and all that stuff. So that alone can be a huge uh, determining factor. The fact that you stopped it regardless of what the reason is. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So then I guess from there, is there something that I'm missing out of this equation? Um, what what can what's the best thing that I can do as a person who's transitioning, you know, transitioning from engineering to medicine? If this is, is yeah. indeed something that I want yeah. to pursue, like what's, so, that's the best thing that I can do. So so can I tell but, you that that your line of questioning is just like super like, oh, de- you're definitely an engineer. <laughs> like, let, me, <laughs> let me line it up exactly how I need. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're thinking about it all. Right, you're getting the yeah. experiences. You're thinking about the classes. Obviously, the MCATs out there. You're thinking about all of the right stuff, and, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're thinking about it tells me you're going to be okay. It's the students who don't put any thought into it, and they're like, "Oh, I just want to be a doctor. Let me go apply for medical school." Those are the ones mm-hmm. who struggle. So, you're you're doing it all. Okay, fair enough. So, I, I just I guess to 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 go over this, um, applying applying for. The application, I guess, for medical school. At, at what point should I look to? Um, at what point should I look to? Because if I need to study for the MCAT, I, I will mm-hmm. need some time. So I probably would have to quit my full-time job. And you know, based off the information that you gave me, definitely not quit the part-time job um, of being a scribe and maybe even pushing that towards like the the full-time mark. Um, but the the thing that I would I would need to do right would be uh, at least in regards to the application, would be making sure that I have those that consistent clinical experience. Uh, make sure that I, you know, continue with an upward trend on my grades. And then um, finally, should I add any like shadowing hours or? Um, yeah, sh- it, shadowing like, well, to me is just as important as clinical. 
Okay. And when I say so that, would, like for, what, for, for non-trads, so for, no, okay. for non-trads, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you're in this career changer kind of world, in mm-hmm. general, clinical experience is more important than shadowing, but shadowing is very important and you should have it and it should be consistent okay. and all of that fun stuff. So okay. uh, big picture, like more clinical experience. And then if you can shadow mm-hmm. once a month or so, then do that. Yeah, it's just the fact that you're shadowing consistently. Like if I shadowed for, you know, let's say eight hours a month, I'm still I'm still doing that every single month. So Correct. in terms of how long I've, you know, how long I've done it over a period of time, I've done it, you know, I've done, I haven't done that many hours. But in terms of the consistency, it's 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 been very consistent every single month. Correct. Okay. So is is there? Am I already standing out because I'm a non-trad, <laughs> uh, or, <laughs> or um, you know, is that is that a bad thing? Do do people look at non non-trads in a negative light? Yeah, there there may be some people, right? Humans are humans, and we all have our biases and judgments and all of that fun stuff. So there there may be someone who looks at your application, going like, "What are you doing here? Like, just go go mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing. We don't want to train you. You're you're old, and you're not going to have enough time to actually." Uh, uh, work long enough in the field, whatever, right? There are, there are people out there who think that about non-traditional students, especially older non-traditional students, like 50s. Um, the uh, the far majority, most likely, in my opinion, are going to go, oh, this is interesting. You, you come with lots of other experiences. You'll be a great fit for our class and you'll bring lots of, lots of kind of real world knowledge and and thoughts and experiences and 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 explorations into our community filled with mostly traditional students who are just coming out of college or maybe a year or two out and not uh Mm -hmm. out working in the real world but just strengthening application and other stuff because they've Mm -hmm. always known they wanted to go to med school fair enough and then as far as age goes i know that at some point um they do look at the older you know, the older people, <laughs> I would like to say, and, and they say, um, they might say that, you know, you may not be a good fit because of, because of your age. Is that true? And if so, <laughs> at, at what point, um, at what point do they consider that you're yeah. too old? Yeah. So, um, I would hope that it's not true because there's this little thing called the law that says, uh, age discrimination is illegal. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, but again, humans are humans, and we have our biases and whatever mm-hmm. else. So uh, there's nothing you can do. Okay. Right? What, so, what, is, what is that question? What is the answer going to solve for you? If I told you, oh, yeah, mm, like, there's lots of age discrimination, are you going to go, okay, never mind. I'll, I'll give up on my dream. No. No. You'd be like, screw it, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll prove them all wrong. I'll do it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that, that question to me is just like – Understand that the world is not fair, um, that there mm-hmm. is bias out there, uh, and that most likely you'll be fine. Wow. Well, that, that was a uh, that helped me out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was definitely I was definitely thinking the um, other way. I ha- I've had some you know some friends of mine who have had other friends who went at later stages of their life and uh, and uh, they've they have succeeded in their careers and they've done you know, they've done well. But I have they have told me about some, sometimes you, you do get, I guess maybe in a classroom setting, but you do get looked at differently. Um, yeah, but yeah, so <laughs> I really appreciate that input. Yeah. Um, 
I guess um uh, trying to think of a final question here. Um as far as I guess I would I'd be asking you about your your personal experience if that's okay. Sure. Uh uh so personally what have you found in the in the medical field that you've enjoyed? And uh, likewise, on the exact opposite end, what, what have you disliked? Because I know that um, from what I've researched, majority of people dislike the bureaucratic tasks that they have to perform mm -hmm. um, during, uh, you know, during their practice. Yeah. And so I was wondering if that's in, in line with what you uh, with what you dislike. And um, honestly, I wanted to hear what you liked. Yeah. So my experience is different uh, because mm -hmm. I served in the military as a military physician. And so I didn't have to deal with a lot of the bureaucracy, a lot of the the insurance issue nightmares. Um, there, mm -hmm. There's some of it. Uh, obviously, charting, you're charting everywhere you go, no right. matter what. And, yeah. and I think the far majority of physicians will will talk about charting as kind of the bane of their existence. Charting was not <laughs> invented to make doctors' lives easier. Charting was invented to increase billing for hospitals wow. and clinics so that uh, we're checking off all of the boxes that Medicare and all of the other private insurance companies say we have to do to get our uh, $5 for a patient visit, whatever it is. So you think it detracts from, um, the patient's overall, uh, I guess, care, right? Because if they're taking this time to chart as opposed to thinking about the patient? Well, it, it depends, right? A lot of physicians mm -hmm. chart at home at, at night on their own time. <laughs> Fair enough. Because they have to take care of the patient when the patient's in front of them. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it really just depends. There are some doctors that will sit behind the computer screen and the patients on the other side and don't make eye con uh, don't make eye contact and are just asking questions and typing. And it's a horrible experience for the patient. Mm -hmm. So uh, charting, charting is the bane of everyone's existence. So um, as as an engineer, um, go create the next great EMR uh, or the next great artificial intelligence and speech recognition software. Uh, my my big dream, and, and I know there are companies out there working on it, to where there are microphones in the room uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and speech recognition software is running, just listening to what the doctor and patient are saying. And it's it's like an auto-scribe um, to where it's just all being input into the computer and the doctor uh, just, just triggers off some keywords um, when doing a physical exam to capture that. Because a mm -hmm. lot of physical exam is just visual. Right, mm -hmm. so so just uh, triggering some keywords to to capture physical like exam. Skeletal, <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> like left knee range of motion three hundred. Whatever, whatever. Mm. Random number. That's not <laughs> definitely not definitely not three hundred. Um, three hundred. <laughs> their their knee just goes in a circle. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so uh, charting definitely uh, the the best thing about medicine and, and the thing that I always go to when people complain about medicine. Uh, and obviously, I, like, I'm not practicing anymore. My wife practices, so mm -hmm. I, I still see it through her lens. Um, the best thing about medicine is just being with a patient behind closed mm -hmm. doors, not in the moment worrying about who's paying for what and if the insurance company is going to deny or approve a test or what, ha what have you. It's just being there for another human being. And and that feeling, that interaction, is irreplaceable. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been able to experience that, but you know, being being with people and seeing 
being able to sit down and have genuine conversations with people, even if it's outside the scope of work. Um, it's, it's always something that I've enjoyed. And that's, again, that's why I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, scribing position so that I can genuinely tell myself if this is something that I would like or something that I would dislike. And then based off that decision, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a hundred th more things that need to happen. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. But yeah. All right. Thank you so much for answering that question. I, I didn't, I honestly didn't know if you, um, if you were, or you weren't, but I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Gray. Sorry to soak up so much of your time. No I worries. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Good luck. All right. Thank you. I'll keep you updated. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 